Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that inspired me to be a teacher and eventually to be a priest was the desire to form minds and hearts to the truth. Since people go to Catholic school by choice, those who teach the faith and morality can do so confidently, even if the students are resistant to the truth. It is a privilege that bears tremendous responsibility. James chapter 3 verse 1 should be the scariest verse in the Bible for educators who do not take this responsibility seriously. He writes, Not many of you should become teachers, for you realize you will be judged more strictly. Of course, this applies not just to teachers, but to all of us who have responsibility over others, whether we are members of the clergy, parents, grandparents, godparents, aunts, uncles, or friends. All of us should take to heart and tremble at the words spoken by St. James. I say this because there is today quite a remarkable silence and acquiescence amongst Catholics regarding the areas of truth revealed by God that are most in conflict with our culture. For example, hardly do we ever speak about the seriousness of sexual sins, such as cohabitation, contraception, pornography, homosexual actions, and premarital relationships of all kinds. How many who identify as Catholics no longer take seriously that it is a mortal sin to deliberately miss Mass on Sundays? How many of us fail to see the dangers in holding grudges and hatred when our Lord clearly spoke on the Sermon on the Mount that anyone who is angry or hates his brother is liable to judgment and to the fires of hell? Seldom do we speak that these serious sins can lead to eternal damnation unless we enter the narrow gate of repentance and Christian discipleship. Almost never is there a conversation with practicing Catholics who boldly and publicly deny that there is any contradiction between aggressively supporting abortion and sexual relationships outside of marriage and claiming to be a good Catholic. Because we have tolerated these contradictions, what the church and sacred scripture teach about these things are raising questions in people's minds about how serious these sins truly are. Our passivity, lukewarmness, negligence, and indifference to the corruptions of the truth of the gospel have seriously damaged our souls and the souls and the prospects of it for eternal life for many people, including those people that we love. And there are many reasons as to why we may have fallen into this deception. First of all, we make excuses that we want unity and peace. And while that is something that we should strive for with everyone that we meet, it should not be achieved at any price. True unity for Christians is based on our fidelity to the gospel and to the person of Jesus Christ. This means that when we say yes to the teachings of the church with regards to faith and morality, 
we are saying no to those people and to those things who undermine and challenge them. We make excuses because we think that someone's good motives or sincerity excuses that person from the wrong that he or she is doing. But it is an unfortunate reality that as human beings, we can be sincere and yet be misguided and commit evil. It is possible to show love for the church, for sacred scriptures, and even for our Lord on the affectionate level, yet speak, teach, and act in a manner that contradicts Christ and sacred scriptures. Being sincere, being a good person, being able to use Christian language or quote sacred scriptures, therefore, are no longer a sufficient criterion to be a Christian. We must instead ascertain whether those persons truly love our Lord, love Him enough to renounce their sinful ways, to take up their daily crosses, to humble their sinful pride, and be faithful to Christ and the gospel in thought, word, and deed. As St. Augustine reminds us, if you believe what you like in the gospels and reject what you don't like, it is not the gospel that you believe, but yourself. Our society today is also preoccupied with feelings or fearful of how others might react. The fear of hurting someone has led to the weakening of Christian witness, faith, and morality. This false sentimentality is often exemplified in our mistaken fidelity to a friend, a person that we like, or to a family member. When I was a teacher and when I was a principal, I often made it a habit to ask myself whether the decisions I'm, that I am making is based on being fair or is it playing on favorites. It's very easy to be tempted and to rationalize. All of us can fall into the temptation of being reluctant and passive in our discipline, in our words, and in our actions all because of an emotional bond that we might have for someone. How many families today have children and grandchildren who are involved in immoral relationships and yet demand to be accepted and approve of their choices? And how many parents, afraid of alienating their children, are prepared to give such approval and affirmation by their silence or even outright encouragement? Whether we are parents, priests, relatives, friends, all of us often give in and accept immoral behavior because we don't want to lose that person. True, we should always be compassionate. We should always be patient and try to be understanding. We should always teach and correct with love. We need to be prudent and to judge correctly when it is appropriate to speak or not to speak. We should be able to also discern whether we might be the right person to confront someone. Hitting people with Bible verses over their head is often not the most effective approach. And there are others because of mental illness may be incapable of listening or effecting immediate change. Sometimes our recourse might be to pray for that person. St. Monica spent decades praying for the conversion of her son, St. Augustine. 
But as Christians, our main concern for our children and for the people that we love should not be losing them for a limited time on this earth, but losing them for all eternity out of a false sentimentality that makes us fearful to speak the truth in love. This is why we need to strengthen our relationship with Jesus Christ so that when we are tempted to deny Him, we will be able to resist and be faithful to Christ and His Word rather than deny Him by our cowardly and selfish acquiescence in immoral behaviors. Christian parents and grandparents today must be prepared to bear the pain of their children and grandchildren saying hurtful things to them and threatening to break off relationships if we refuse to approve of their immoral activity. The fact is, if we approve of their immoral activity now, we are confirming them on their path to eternal damnation. We cannot allow that to happen. Our Lord warned us in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 12, verse 49 to 53, that there will be division in families over him. And indeed, there is and will be. But we have to know that our first and greatest loyalty lies in Jesus Christ. And therefore, to confirm people that we love in their sin is not to love them at all. <clears throat> the Lord expects those of us whom he appointed as shepherds of the flock, whether they be fathers or mothers, priests, bishops, deacons, the Pope, to take effective measures to guard the flock in their midst. I know many of us, many of you are doing the best you can in this twisted generation. I know that there are many of you who often exercise heroic efforts to witness to the gospel. Many of you suffer because of the unkindness of your own children and family members. Personally speaking for myself as a priest, as an educator, as a son, a brother, an uncle, a godfather, I have struggled and continue to struggle with my own cowardice, my own weakness and passivity when it comes to witnessing to the truth and love in my own family and friends. It is difficult to be a parent to be a priest, an authority figure today in an increasingly pagan environment. I do not pretend to have all the answers or even understand the complexities of today's society. Yet I know, as difficult as it is to face the facts of being negligent and fearful and to repent of it, it must be done. I believe our salvation and the salvation of the people that we love depend on our courage and our faith. The prophet Ezekiel warns us in today's first reading, If I tell the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade the wicked from his way, the wicked shall die for his guilt, but I will hold you responsible for his death. St. Pius X wrote, The greatest obstacle in the apostolate of the church is timidity or rather the cowardice of the, faith, of the faithful. Our lack of courage, our lukewarmness has been and continue to be one of the main factors contributing to the confusion and crisis in the church and in our society. The eternal destinies of the people that we love and the multitude of souls are hanging in a balance. 
Let us fervently pray that all of us may possess the courage, the wisdom, the grace, and the strength to be faithful witnesses to Jesus Christ in thought, word, and deed. Or as my former high school religion teacher, Brother Peter Laganowitz, often said to us in class, don't be a doormat. Be a springboard for heaven for the people that you love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.